0: Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to another program of uh, TV7 Middle East Review broadcasted from Jerusalem. I am Ambassador Danny Ailon and with me as usual my colleague and friend, Colonel Iran Lerman. And here we are to discuss the uh, very, very intensive um, events of uh, the last uh, month and uh, culminating, I would say, maybe in uh, the retreat of the United States from Afghanistan with all the horrible uh, pictures of uh, people dropping from uh, planes as they try to ev- to, to escape the, the Taliban in uh, Kabul. I would say um, Iran, it is eerily reminiscent and maybe even more so uh, um, appalling than the views, the optics of Saigon in 1975 with the pull uh, out of, uh, of Saigon. But uh, Afghanistan, although uh, maybe geographically not exactly part of the Middle East, but certainly when you talk about the greater Middle East, especially when you talk about the interrelationship and the impact of Afghanistan and radical Islam, of what's happening in the Middle East and much beyond, certainly we can include Afghanistan as part of the Middle East, as many um, analysts uh, do. So this is one uh, of the topics that we will uh, discuss today. And another one, of course, is the visit. First visit of Prime Minister Bennett, the newly elected Prime Minister of uh, Israel. First visit in Washington. First meeting with President Biden. And also uh, with this Afghanistan looming all over, uh, we will see what should they discuss, what they're going to discuss, and of course, what's Afghanistan's uh, ramification is for this uh, visit, for the topics, and uh, what do you derive from it, especially on Iran, Palestinians. So, Iran, what what is your view about uh, Afghanistan and uh, any mistakes done,
0: anything that could have been avoided? Maybe it's just very deterministic. Well, ultimately, uh, the decision to uh reduce and ultimately uh, bring to an end the American presence and the so-called forever war, Um, the longest war in American history, really, uh, if you you look at it as a continuous military effort uh, from 2001 onwards. It was probably inevitable, but uh, I've read some very interesting things, for example, from the former our desk uh, officer uh, of the State Department on Afghanistan, Annie Forzheimer, who wrote in the Jerusalem Strategic Tribute, which I happen to be the editor of. Um, and it didn't have to happen this way. There should have been uh, a more organized way of ensuring that the national security and national defense and security forces of Afghanistan could somehow uh, hold... The, the, the disintegration, the, uh, and the fall of Kabul within days, uh, the Ides of August, 15th of August, uh, the tragedy that unfolded so rapidly, uh, that maybe could have been avoided with better management of the situation. We, we remember similar situations in, when we left Lebanon. At least we were able to provide for the uh, South Lebanon army Uh, to actually take refuge in in Israel. Um, In the case of what's still uh, unfolding, uh, we are being uh, sold, so to speak, a Taliban 2.0, a presumably a new version uh, which tolerates women going to school and other things that that were uh, intolerable uh, in, under the Taliban 20 years ago, but I would be very, very suspicious uh, whether this is actually what's uh, going to lo- what Afghanistan is going to look, da- look down the road once they have consolidated their power. In any case, uh, you are right. The impact, the significance, is much wider because this is perceived as a victory of Islamist, radical, violent Islamist radicalism. 20 years into the global war on terrorism it's terrorism that won and the implications for other terrorists and islamist organizations from daesh to al qaeda to al shabab in somali hamas and even the shia variations uh, uh, hezbollah Seyf the jihad al- islam Boko the Haram, Houthis, you just name the them the whole range are looking at afghanistan we should worry about africa i think it's a, it's not at the focal, uh, focal point right now. But Israel uh, has had interactions with regimes across the African uh, continent. Uh, even Mozambique has been the subject, and not to mention Nigeria. Chad. Uh, Chad have been the sub. And the Mali situation have been the subject of, of very severe attacks by Islamist elements. So uh, yes, this will put uh, wind in their sails. And will make the, the, the region and the world a more dangerous place. Well, Iran,
1: I, I think you're perfectly right. I mean, this is this was a very comprehensive analysis. We, we must never forget, and we cannot forget, that uh, the, the invasion of the United States to Afghanistan was very much uh, justified uh, because it was the Taliban, Afghanistan Taliban, that harbored and gave shelter to Al Qaeda which perpetrated the more, most heinous terrorist event in history, uh, flying bo- um, you know, the, the, the planes into the uh, World Trade Center, uh, Center, causing more than 3,000 deaths and, and many injuries. But if we talk now and we look very, very analytically, Al-Qaeda was pretty much vanquished in the past 20 years. We didn't see Al-Qaeda. I mean, Daesh came as a new form, but Al-Qaeda as such was vanquished, especially with the killing, of course, the, uh, of, uh, yes, of uh, Osama bin Laden. But as you mentioned, after 20 years, Al-Qaeda is going to have all the benefits that it had before the invasion. And that means that radical Islam won. And this is going to give a backwind to all terror organizations all over. And uh, unfortunately, and this is probably the second thing that we should discuss uh, very soon, is Iran. Of course. Because who is going to benefit? All the nefarious forces in the world are benefiting and looking up to a, a new radical Islamic state as the Taliban in, in, in Afghanistan, which could really be um, another hub for terror, All over. So, if you have Afghanistan and you have Iran, and you have Hamas, and uh, you have uh, Syria and the militias, the uh, the, you, you know the Iranian or the Shia militias in in Iraq, the Houthis, it is going to be a very, very, very difficult time, especially as the Western democracies are not seem to be as well organized and as united as they were back, let's say, in 1991, the first invasion of the United States to Iraq after Saddam Hussein invaded uh, uh, Kuwait. Right. This ramification, of course, are to all uh, uh,
0: Western assets in the world, including Israel. Well, um, as I've written elsewhere, um, we have to bear in mind, on the positive side, that in the aftermath of Saigon, uh, the ASEAN countries came together and basically put an end to the dominoes falling by pulling their resources and uh, relying on, uh, on American uh, support. Of course, the, the shift of China from a pro-Soviet to an anti-Soviet position uh, was also a dramatic contribution to their ability to do so. But at the end of the day, um, this regional, um, Organisation or framework or alignment played a role in containing the damage, and we are seeing the marks. And this is also part of uh, Prime Minister Bennett's visit in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are seeing the marks of a similar alignment emerging uh, in our region um, in response to the challenge. Because while uh, while Turkey is playing a double game uh, and is well, I wouldn't say supportive, but it it, it is uh, having open channels uh, with the Taliban. Uh, it, Greece, Cyprus, and, and Israel come together, the visit of the two foreign ministers in, in Jerusalem. Uh, Egypt is welcoming a visit, a uh, planned visit by Prime Minister Bennett. Uh, these are the key players of the Eastern Mediterranean alignment. Put
1: And Bennett also visited uh, two weeks ago, uh, King of uh, Jordan in Amman, Abdallah.
0: And uh, of course, there is the relationship with Morocco uh, and the relationship with the United Arab Emirates, the anchors of what could become the key regional, I wouldn't say alliance, but I would definitely say alignment designed to, uh, to stem the tide to prevent uh, islamism from raising uh, its its dangerous head
1: well hopefully we will see some reckoning uh, both in washington and also in uh, brussels for nato where uh, we will look together in a more uh, i would say comprehensive and more judicious and maybe more sober and realistic way how to really curb uh, the, the the radical islam we remember how al qaeda was formed as a great encouragement after the defeat of another power, the Soviet Union, back in Afghanistan in the, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But um, if we now go into the political arena, and we have now, actually, as we speak, uh, Prime Minister Bennett is in Washington, D.C., going to have a very, very important meeting with the President uh, Biden. I believe that the first uh, goal, objective, should be establishing a personal relationship that is based on uh, uh, mutual trust and mutual respect. This is the most important thing, uh, I would say, that will set the tone for the relationship between Israel and the United States in the coming years. It could be four years, could be two terms of eight years, and these uh, coming four years, we know, are going to be very, very much upheaval, much unpredictable, much danger, and uh, the first thing, the first danger is coming out of Iran. True enough. Iran. What do you think uh, Israel and uh, Prime Minister Bennett should seek out
0: of the meeting with Biden concerning Iran? First of all, you're, uh, the, the, the key element, first of all, is to uh, talk to each other at eye level without the political baggage of previous years. And I think this is perhaps the benefit. Of, uh, of this new situation with a new prime minister dealing with a new administration. Um, however, they cannot; they, they are forced to deal with a crisis situation. This is not something that they can consider at their leisure. The rate of Iranian u- enrichment of uranium uh, in recent uh, month has accelerated, mm-hmm. and uh, b- by the judgment of all elements involved from the uh, IAEA to the three key European participants, of course the Russians and the Chinese are holding off, but everyone involved understands that enrichment to 60% has no other purpose whatsoever other than coming closer and closer to weapon grade uh, level of enrichment. This is a military project without the shadow of a doubt.
1: And as they continue with the weapon group, that weaponizing this uh, uranium into a real uh, effective uh, device, a metal- device. Metallic uranium. And delivery system with their continued uh, ballistic, testing missile. of ballistic missiles. This is very, very bad uh, News omen. News for the
0: world, not just for Israel. Yeah. But there are only two countries capable of actually acting. If necessary. That's the United States and Israel. So the conversation becomes crucial. However, in between plan A, which is to crawl back to the JCPOA under Iranian conditions, and given who uh, the president, the the leader, the the president, and the foreign minister of Iran uh, are and what we know about them, uh, they're not going to uh, allow the United States to have an honorable plan A. And I don't believe that Biden is in a position to do a dishonorable plan A. That's to say to crawl back to an agreement under Iranian uh, conditions. Uh, after what happened in Afghanistan, it is, uh, it has, it would, this would have political costs and, and strategic implications which uh, the, uh, the administration cannot accept. At the other end of the spectrum, there's, uh, let's call it, Plan C or Plan W, a war or military action, kinetic action, as they they say. But in between, Israel can be a major contributor to the creation of a plan B, a system of pressures and other actions that can delay, hamper, uh, and uh, basically force the Iranians back on their heels uh, through coordinated actions and pressures. And this can be done and should be done. And this, I believe, is going to to be the basis not only of the meeting, but of the very uh, intense follow-up at all levels, defense to defense, intelligence to intelligence, diplomacy, uh, uh, at all levels. Uh, This is the crucial, decisive moment on the Iranian front.
1: Indeed. Well, I think what is important is the will. Capabilities are there. But Indeed. the will should be there because capabilities without the will to employ those will be just uh, uh, you know, going everything to, to, to not and uh, actually deteriorating the world into a very, very dangerous uh, situation. With Iran, the Ayatollahs, it seems like they are not uh, in any hurry uh, to sign or go back to the JCPOA uh, because, meanwhile, they proceed towards uh, the capabilities and becoming almost a threshold country, which also is very dangerous, and nobody can really live with that, certainly not Israel, but not just Israel. It's all the Sunni countries in the region and, uh, and Europe and even the United States of America. I would uh, also dare to say Russia as well, because Russia does not need or doesn't want a nuclear uh, uh, neighbor right on their border, but you know they have very, very uh, intricate uh, considerations. I always remember what Churchill said about uh, Russia or the Soviet Union that this is an enigma shrouded in a mystery and, and uh, inside like a deceiving. riddle. Or it's uh, yeah, it's uh, but but we cannot rely not on uh, on Russia. Yeah,
0: the Russians are free riders. They they Absolutely. don't want Iran to have the bomb, but they ultimately rely on the on others in the international community to take this. But Iran seems to me
1: that if the United States doesn't run out of patience, and so far they have been very patient with the uh, Iranians, if they do not run out of patience, or at least not with the optics, show the Iranians that they run out of patience and there are ramifications, nothing is going to change, and we're going to wake up uh, one morning with a feta complete of a, a, a nuclear Iran. The only time, as I recall, Iran, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Iranians, the Ayatollahs in Iran, voluntarily suspended their illegal nuclear activity was back in 2003 when the United States, under Bush, George W., the, the, the son, invaded Iraq the second time, so they were smack dab against the border of Iran. They were also flanked by the United States on the other side in from Afghanistan. Afghanistan. And this is the only time that they suspended because there was the thinking in Iran that they will be next.
0: Right. That's like in an artillery range. One long, one short. The,
1: yes. The third will follow <laughs> exactly. the the, uh, us Right on the mark. And, and this is, I think, what maybe should be done. If the United States does not bring to the table the option, Of military uh, action or the...
0: Credible military threats. Absolutely. CMT. The the
1: question is, do you think that uh, Biden is capable of doing that? Do you think that this is what uh, uh, Prime Minister of Israel Bennett should seek as part of the results of his visit in Washington, D.C.?
0: Well, first of all, Israel is and must be in a position to act independently if nothing else works. The consequences of Israeli action will be probably less uh, comprehensive and less effective than uh, joint action or American action. Uh, But the option must be there. It must be very clear to all involved that the choice is not between uh, a plan B and uh, and the acceptance of an Iranian capability. The the choice is between a a robust plan B and a war with all mm-hmm. its consequences. And uh, that, that's a very tough choice to make. Uh, it needs to be made under, based on very detailed understanding of the situation it's all it, with all its ramifications. Um, it has to do with the situation in Lebanon. It has to do with the actions of Iranian proxies. It has to do with the capabilities of Iranian air defenses. It has to do with a lot of is, uh, surrounding issues. But ultimately, uh, Israel ha- still uh, uh, adheres to something that was announced in the summer of uh, 40 years ago, in the summer of 81, the Begin Doctrine, mm-hmm. that we will not allow com- committed enemies of Israel, not because they are Muslim or because you know Pakistan is a Muslim country, and that's none of our business, But countries which are committed, openly committed, to the eradication of Israel from the face of the Earth, like Iran, or like Saddam Hussein's Iraq, or like Assad's Syria in its day, um, we will not allow them to have that capacity. And I think this is a basic principle which cuts across the political spectrum in Israel. There's no difference in this respect between the present government and the previous government. And I think that message also should be very made very clear to our American friends.
1: Especially as we have these two precedents where this policy of not allowing any foe and dangerous country in the region to become nuclear um, has been exercised successfully twice. Right. 81, Osirak, and uh, 2007 against uh, in, in Syria. So yes, I hope that uh, in Iran they will heed to, uh, to these declarations and thinking coming of uh, uh, Jerusalem, but also we need to have the backing of Washington, D.C. And in this case, and um, then we will wrap up this issue of the the visit of uh, Bennett in in Washington, some claim that um, this atmosphere right now or the fiasco in Afghanistan may play well to the interests of Israel and Bennett. Why? Because the United States right now needs to show the world and to all its allies that it is turning firm by allies. Because the fear now is that everybody in the world, including, uh, uh, you know, devoted uh, allies of the United States, will just be so fearful and will say, well, our lot may be with the other side, Russia or China, especially uh, China. So it seems like the United States would do well by going out of its way to show that it stands by its allies, and this time is Israel, which is the best and ally of the, in the United region. States.
0: Moreover, Bennett doesn't come on uh, alone. He comes as a member of good standing in, in what I call the alignment of like-minded nations in the region, in the Gulf, Egypt, uh, and further afield, who all share the same concerns, concerns about Iran and concerns about uh, radical Islamism. And so uh, this is going to be a very interesting angle um, that uh, would have been relevant uh, before, but is far more relevant now. Israel. This is not no longer the Arab-Israeli conflict. There is no Arab-Israeli conflict. There is Arabs who stand with Israel against what is perceived by both as a common threat, and that's a very different kind of conversation with with Washington with. The key capitals of Europe and, uh, and, and with the international community. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I think this also colors uh, the conversation on the Palestinian question. Uh, Prime Minister Bennett clearly uh, does not see a path uh, to a permanent status agreement at this time, and he's going to make that clear. I think the Biden administration knows this is the case. Uh, but there can be, with the help of our Arab uh, uh, partners in the alignment, uh, work on, uh, on conflict management, both in Gaza, all kinds of convoluted ways, and, uh, and in a more direct and straightforward manner with, uh, with the Palestinian Authority. Uh, so uh, that, that would help. Meanwhile, uh, what happened in Afghanistan has, compl- has finally buried a myth that the Americans were selling us from time to time. Let us train the Palestinian security forces so when the challenge of Hamas comes upon them, they will be the ones to deliver security for you so you can withdraw safely and let them have their state. Well, um, 300,000 under arms with more than $80 billion worth of American goods evaporated in a week. So uh, we should be very wary of such promises.
1: Yes, and indeed, I think the point should be uh, made now that um, retreats against advancing radical Islam is always bad, always with bad consequences. Israel's uh, evacuation of Lebanon in 2000 brought about the Intifada in 2001 by the palestinians which was the I worst i don't use attack. the term
0: by the way i don't i don't think it was an intifada an intifada A camel rising. You say it was top down. It was top down. It was not an uprising. It was a war. Absolutely, Um, yes. I don't always quote Tom Friedman, but he called it Mr. Arafat's war, (laughs) and I would stick with that description.
1: (laughs) You are absolutely right. And unfortunately, the terminology of intifada is the one that is pervasive all over the world. But yes, I I would call it the worst wave or war of terror that the Palestinians waged on Israel was following Israel's uh, departure from uh, from Lebanon and
0: its the, first,
1: the worst uh, terror attack on the United States came after uh, al-Qaeda after the, re- the 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 retreat of the soviets from afghanistan where also it seemed like radical islam is is on the march so certainly we should be now bracing for uh, hopefully not but the second shoe to drop. And this is why the timing of the meeting between um, Bennett and Biden is very important, first of all, on the issue of Iran, and secondly, of coordination against international radical terror. And Israel can be and is a great asset for the United States in terms of intelligence sharing, in terms of uh, uh, sharing a tactical and uh, operative, uh, operative support on counterterrorism, technology, and all of this. You also mentioned the Palestinians, but uh, the Palestinians, it seems like as oddly as it is, will be the minor issue on the uh, on the agenda, and because uh, there is no settlement uh, inside.
0: Uh,
1: I guess uh, Gaza and Hamas will be uh, also will will have to be uh, dealt with.
0: And Israel is also a player on matters such as the corona crisis in which we are the pioneers of the uh, booster. Project, Mm -hmm. And I hear that uh, Prime Minister Bennett was also primed on climate questions, because for the Biden administration... That would be music
1: to the Bidens and the Democrats' ears. And this is also part of the the visit's uh, agenda, is to also make amends between Israel and the Democratic Party, which is also very important to go back to the bipartisan Bipartisan support of the United States. Iran, thank you again for your... uh, Insight, and to our good viewers of TV7 Middle East Review, thank you again for watching. See you the next time.
0: Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.